Today on Rolling with New York Mike. A message that was so important about being kind and nice and, and all the things that love and love thy neighbor. Treat others as you would have others treat you. The golden rule. All these things that, that Jesus taught. All these things that Jesus was about. The Sermon on the Mount to what he said when he was on the cross to all the other things. These are things that were just loving and caring and wonderful. That's the message of Christmas. What's wrong with that? Welcome to Rolling with the Most Patriotic Man I Know, My Husband. And now, his podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. I'm New York Mike, and this is Rolling with New York Mike. Hey, it's Christmas. That's right. It's just a few more days. It's Christmas. This is this is my Christmas podcast. I want to talk about Christmas. I want to talk about the importance of this holiday. It, 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 I mean, there's so much. And yet, here we are. This nation is so obsessed, and it should be, with what's what's going on. We, we have to get to the bottom of, of this whole thing with the FBI, with the, with the whole Trump thing. We're all obsessed with Donald Trump. What does Donald Trump mean to America from the very first first day that he came, no, the famous line, he came down the elevator. Yeah, that was 2016. And from that moment on, this nation, I mean, Donald Trump was the name we all knew. He had his TV show. He was a successful New York City developer. And a bit, but people knew Donald Trump. He was a personality. Uh, he was on uh, different TV shows on the Oprah Winfrey and this one and that one. He, he, he was always able to capture the imagination of the American public in one way or another. But when he came down that escalator, when he became, because when he was running against those other 16 Republicans who he beat in the primaries, and he came out to be the candidate, that was the moment when the whole country turned on him. No, not the whole country. So many of us embraced him. We elected him. And that was great. But right up until that time, you you know, if you saw all the press coverage and everything, it was all positive. Everything was positive. Everything he did, his TV show, it was all positive. And then when he was running against all these Republicans, it was all positive because he was running against the Republicans. But when he came out to be the candidate, boom, it all changed. It just focused on everything he did wrong, everything he said wrong. Everything he said was wrong. If he said, when he came down the escalator, we're going to build a wall, or they're coming to our southern border, whatever he said about Mexico's not sending us their best, the crime and rape, and but it's factual. It is, you cannot deny it. Now, they're, they can deny it all they want. Yeah, they can. But as a rational human being, if you're sitting here in America and you're a rational, I don't care about the rest of the world. They don't get to vote. They don't get to choose. All the, oh, I see. Yeah, the Democrats are saying non-citizens who reside here can vote. They're also saying that now they're starting to say in California anyway, which is what I heard the other day from a sheriff friend of mine, that they're saying that non-citizens can become cops can become law enforcement in California. You Do you think that, that that's something that's going to pass in the in the state assembly, in the Senate? You think, uh, yeah, yeah, Newsom would sign it. <laughs> Newsom, new governor, the governor is literally a loose cannon. He is pointed at democracy, pointed at you and me and everything we stand for and believe in because he's, he's just destroying it. The state, let, let me not get off track because here I am. I want to talk about Christmas. 
It's so important. But if I just talk about Christmas and and ignore what's on quote unquote top of mind of everybody, it's you, you, you can't ignore what's going on with Twitter and the FBI, with Donald Trump, with Elon Musk. With These are the things that are happening. The erosion of democracy in America. Democracy is it. It isn't just, you know, we say democracy. We use the word loosely like it's democracy. Democracy means everybody gets to vote. You get to vote. That's all. That's democracy. After that, things like freedom. Freedom Freedom isn't necessarily democracy. It's a lot of the stuff. The Greeks had a certain democracy. I mean, they invented democracy, right? And then the Romans, I mean, democracy. They get to vote in Russia. Yeah, they voted for Putin. <laughs> Most of them had to vote for Putin. Well, that, that's, but freedom. It's basically, you know, when you think about America, you think about freedom. Yeah, the word democracy comes up, and I think we all confuse the thing. But freedom is the Bill of Rights. We have a constitution. America was created. We have the Declaration of Independence. We declared our independence from Great Britain, from the king. And we we're independent. We're a nation. Boom. Okay. There we go. Now we have a constitution. That's the rules of the, of the nation. And it's important. And then when we did it, we said, wait a minute. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we have to have a Bill of Rights. We got to attach it to the Constitution. The first 10 amendments to the Constitution of the United States of America is called Bill of Rights. And the very first amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of freedom of religion, okay? You can practice whatever religion you want. And it was so important that they made it the first amendment to that Constitution. And that doesn't mean it's less than anything else in the Constitution. The Constitution of the laws of, of how the, the United States, these United States, how many states were there? The, the 13 original colonies, they get together and each are called a state now, a, a state of a union of all the colonies that there were or will be, and they're united. So there we are. United States, but with states are still separate entities. And as those hands, the rules of how it works. And oh, by the way, wait a minute. We have to have a Bill of Rights for each and every citizen. And the First Amendment to the Constitution is about well, freedom. We have to have free. Wait a minute. All this will work trade and commerce and, and how this works and that works and all that and federalism and each individual state has their own this and how we elect presidents and congress members and senators and how we all that is in the constitution it's all that yes i've read it i've read it many times and and it's 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 right there but, but then you have to address the individual bill of rights of each and every individual in this country so we talk about freedom 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 of speech and when you look at what's going on can Cancel culture. We, we are eroding. Eroding means destroying our freedom of speech, the basic fundamental of this country. And when you have a, an agency like the FBI, a what? A police agency, in effect, like the KGB or the Gestapo. Yeah, that, that's just an agency. You say the word KGB, you say the word Gestapo. It's horrible. Not, not because they were an agency, a police agency. Every nation has it. Scotland Yard, you know, the famous scotland yard m mi6 that's what james bond's network yeah. what's that the equivalent of the cia but i mean what they do and 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 how they act as as a police agency the fbi the fbi was never supposed to be politicized no police force i mean if, if you have a, a local police force and they are going to act in the best interests of this group or that group or some other group 
That's where they have to act in the best interest of each and every citizen, notwithstanding their race, color, religion, political affiliation, club affiliation, who they, what baseball team they root for. It doesn't matter, okay? So here's the FBI, and we can now see clearly that the FBI has been totally obsessed with making sure that Donald Trump either doesn't get elected or after he gets elected with neutralizing him totally. And we, we can see it. We can see what they do now because why? Now, we, we saw it. We did see it. It was it was exposed on many levels. I don't have to go into it. But did we have the hard evidence that we do now? No. But now we do. Now we do because because one of the one of the ways, one of the agencies that the FBI used, well, actually, that the government used to manipulate the FBI to do its bidding, and it wasn't even the government. Actually, it was the Democrat Party, the Democrats, and especially when they had control of the government, they used the FBI to influence what the social media organizations did. Social media organizations, big advertising agencies for to, to manipulate the will of the American people, to manipulate what the American people want. Hey, is sugar is sugar good for us? No. But when Kellogg or Post cereals create these breakfast cereals, Kellogg Corn Pops or whatever they are, Sugar Pops, yeah, they actually put the name Sugar Pops. And how do they sell you something that causes diabetes and all kinds of other things? Terrible things, right? How do they sell it to you? They advertise. Mass advertisements. All these these things that are probably from not so good to horrible for you. People would just buy them in mass. We're addicted to breakfast cereals with all kinds of sugar all over it, right? And why? Because they advertise. That's what these guys did. They advertised on Twitter and, and, and Meta, <laughs> Facebook, and all these other places. But the one that we caught, red-handed, Twitter, we caught them red-handed, done. Red-handed means they committed the crime and there's blood on on their hands. They can, You can see it. it's clearly you, you stabbed that son of a bitch. You did it. <laughs> it's done. Yeah. So we see it. This is what they did. They used the FBI. They used the FBI to do things to Donald Trump to make his life miserable, to make his governance virtually impossible, and they, they weren't successful. Look at the, the hatred and the obsession with Donald Trump seems never-ending. It has no limits, nor does it have any logic. I don't get the logic. What did he do? But no matter how many people, okay, left or right, that I ask, no one can explain it to me. Oh, yeah, the words are there. Oh, he's a racist. He's a dictator, a fascist. He colluded with Russia. His his nasty tweets. It's, it's ironic how all that parallels, by the way, with the J6 committee. Yeah, the January 6th committee, which totally parallels with the Mueller investigation. Yeah, clearly the same thing. All this stuff that this January 6th committee is claiming he did, all this stuff he's saying, that it's the same thing as the Mueller investigation said. They, they make all these claims. They build up these things. They make them into this big stuff, that criminal type of, but he didn't, there was nothing there. Those were their words that justified their existence. What, two, two and a half years, the Mueller investigation? 30, 40 million dollars or more? I don't know. They had, I, the number I got was 
was 19 lawyers, all Democrat, heavily left-wing Democrat lawyers, doing everything they can, unlimited budgets, to find something that this guy did wrong, and there was nothing. So it parallels with not just the, the Mueller report, the, the January 6th committee, for, what, a year and a half? I don't know how many millions they've spent. This was their, what, 10th and last committee meeting, you know, national television. I mean, all this stuff, it, it should be charged as campaign funds for the Democrat Party, because that's what, <laughs> that's all it is. And and in those those committee meetings, this J6 committee and the Mueller investigation parallel perfectly with the first and second impeachment hearing. I mean, there was about nothing. There was about absolutely nothing. There was, what was there? What, what what did you get? Where's the beef? <laughs> Where's the substance? Com if you compare what Trump did to Biden's destruction of the American pride and solidarity, I mean, they, they, nobody nobody said there was a, was there accusations of cr Trump made us, but no, his his kids met in uh, Trump Tower for about twenty minutes with some Russian lawyer. <laughs> I mean, that's. That was about the worst that I remember, okay? Uh, of course, the last podcast, I read verbatim. I didn't quote one of the paraphrase or anything. It was verbatim what Trump said in Virginia, okay? So <laughs> it was there was nothing, okay? Oh, okay. You don't like his tweets. You don't like his whatever. But look what look what this Biden guy has done. I mean, just the, the this. I, I don't know how you say destruction. Uh, maybe that's the wrong word, but I use it. I, I think he's destroyed American pride and solidarity. American tri look what he did in Afghanistan. We had pride in America. Is that are you proud of that? Is that something we America? That's a that's a shameful one of the most shameful things we've ever done. We we abandoned our own people. Yes, I know 13 American soldiers were unfortunately and sadly and unnecessarily killed. Yes, that was terrible. That was terrible. And we abandoned Bagram Air Base and gave up $85 billion of weapons and ammunition. We did all that. We also turned our backs on our allies, on people that fought for us and, and put their lives on the line for us. We, we, we gave our enemy. We just handed them the victory. Here, take it. We, no conditions. Nothing. What else has he done? Yeah, I mean, he didn't completely destroy our pride and solidarity. No, we're still here. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Give him another two years. Let's see what he could do. After he's, you know, yeah. First, he, he divides us with identity politics. Yes, it's the whole Democrat Party. I get it. But I'm just using Biden, you know, the, 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 just to compare what, what Trump did. Tell, tell me what Trump did wrong. Point to something specific. I'm pointing to what Biden has done wrong. He lies every day. He's a crook and a criminal. He's corrupt. He stole all this money that his son went out there using father's influence to get money from Burisma and, for, you know, all that, okay? But, you know, he, he also has destroyed us with identity politics. You know, we all share one pronoun, by the way. <laughs> you know, there's no he, she, it, the, <laughs> whatever. No, we share one program, American. We are all American. And and that word has been banned now by Stanford University. And, and you, there's more coming, I'll guarantee you that much. But 
but that word American banned by Stanford University. I'm sorry, that, that's something that's going on under Biden's administration. I take that as a as a crime. Crime committed by Stanford? Yeah, but you know, there's more to it. This is something that, that Biden's administration is responsible for. How we view ourselves in this country, the mirror that we, that we see ourselves in, okay, is a reflection of the leadership of the country. That's the way it is. Yes, and the leadership is a reflection of the people in the country. Absolutely correct. And we just had an election and we decided to have the same leaders. We like this stuff. We like being told, you know, that, 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 that we're a terrible country founded on slavery. Our national being is centered on racism. We have too many rich people, too many poor people. We need equity. The government has the right according to the people that are running the country today, the Democrats, okay? Yeah, I know, January 3rd, the Republican the Republicans have the, the, the leadership in Congress. I, I don't see them doing anything because they, they, they just approved this um, continuing resolution or whatever they did, and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue for a year, <laughs> even though they take control in two weeks. Nope, they let the they let the Democrats set the agenda and the budget for the next year. Good, good, good going, guys. Way to way to start off way to start off your uh, tenure, right? Okay, so this is what this administration is telling us: we're a terrible country founded on slavery, on national being centered on racism. Too many rich, too many poor. We want equity, social social justice. What is social justice? And of course, white privilege, okay? What are the other terms that are so popular in America today that are condemnations of our great country? Big movies like Avatar tell us that all humans, we as humans, but of course, I take it as Americans, are inferior. We don't connect enough with nature. The rest of you of humanity, we don't connect enough. There's no globalization, or not enough. We aren't as evolved as we should be. Basically, it seems to me, we should be, that that's what they're telling us. We should be ashamed of ourselves. And and so, the way I see it, Trump is the avatar for greed, pride. That's right, America first. Rude behavior, all the wrong things from selfish motives to insensitivity to the to the world that's less fortunate. Like when he makes fun of, of handicapped people, which I don't think he actually did, okay? Yeah, I saw it. That's his way of saying, are you stupid? He's looking at all these news media people, all of them. And he coined the word, by the way, a great word, fake news, one word, fake news, one word. <laughs> he coined that word because we always knew that the news lied to us. We always knew that they couldn't trust us, but we trusted them. Walter Cronkite, we cannot win this war. I mean, we trusted them and it turned out we were fools to trust them. For the most part, they lied and they all had political agendas and most of them, the vast, the vast majority lean way to the left. Okay, so, but that's why I say, you know, Trump is this avatar for greed, pride in America, and America first is greed, rude behavior. All the the, the selfish motives, insensitivity to the to those less fortunate. Like oh, we have so much, we should be ashamed of ourselves. What made us this fortune? What allowed us? To have so much, to have created so much. And why do we think the left is less capable, by the way? Or that or that Joe Biden is somehow what? 
Why is he in pain? He's in pain. Oh, he's, he's old. He loses his train of thought. He does. I got to tell you, he's, 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 he is so capable of getting done everything he wants. He's done it. This is what he wants. You and I look at it as the destruction of America. No. We, yeah. I mean, we do. For us, it's a destruction. But not for him. Not for the left wing. This is exactly what they want. He is fulfilling their agenda like they couldn't even, <laughs> more than they ever could have hoped for. Especially after Trump. He just stands there, looks you right in the eyeballs, and says we're racist. And he can prove it. I mean, he says he can prove it, and he proves that there's people all the time. Why? Because black people are, what do you call them, um, marginalized. Marginalized. Meaning, they, they're not, they haven't done as well. They don't do as well. They're on the margins. They're not on the main page. They're on the margins. They're not as successful. They're not, come on. That's that's exactly what he's saying. And, and that's his proof. That... That's that he, we, he wants them. He wants them to be. I don't know what he wants them to be. He he wants equity. He wants he wants them to have his. I don't get it. I don't get it. The, the blacks in this country. Of course, he's now going to go black and brown. And even though these people who come from Mexico, Honduras, they come across the border, they don't look brown to me. <laughs> they look just like I do. Just like my friends and family do. White people. I mean, not that all my friends are white. They look like the white people I know. And they, oh, no, they're brown. Okay. Some of them are a little darker than others. But I, I don't distinguish them by their color. There are people who are black and have very specific looks. All right? And, and that's fine. So I don't understand where he's going with this. Because some of the most successful people I know are black or brown. And they're not marginalized. But, oh, just because, you know, they're sports figures or entertainment. Yeah, they could be great at sports and entertainment. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you just, you just want to, you know, use them to entertain yourselves. What about, I got to tell you, I don't get why black people in this country accept the, um, is it a title? No, it's not a title. The, the description is being less than anything less capable of anything i mean i don't get it and that's why i say i don't think there's prejudice against black people there's prejudice against conservative people that don't want to you know we're conservative if you you can give a man a fish and they'll eat for a day teach a man a fish and he could eat for the rest of his life that's not something that is you know new or fresh idea it's been around a long time it's a fact and it's truth and that's what conservatives believe it. You don't give people stuff. You teach them how to get their own stuff. You teach them how to, you know, that's, when you go to school, you actually learn how to think. People, you know, they don't know how to study and learn and think. They have to learn that. You, you, you got to learn how to read. You got to learn all these things. You got to learn math, how to add, subtract, multiply, divide. You got to learn these things. You got to learn about algebra, geometry, trigonometry. These are not things that you just dream up. The things that mankind has uncovered over time and passed down. This is more than just wisdom. This is real intelligence. And and the more you you bring people into what we call modernity, the more you bring them into you know, a, a, an education system that teaches them how to survive and thrive and live. And live, the more you allow them to express themselves with freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Say what you want. If, if you want to talk about hate, talk about hate. There's no hate speech. It's just speech. You have the freedom of speech. 
Now, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater where there's no fire, okay? If there's a fire, you better damn well yell fire. Who makes it, who discerns the difference, you know, between saying I, I hate communism and, you know, is that hate speech? Why? I mean, this, we, we, we have the freedom. You have to discern between what's freedom and what's not freedom. You have the freedom to say whatever it is you want to say. Do you have the freedom to incite people to riot, to, to you know, to violence? No, you could you could cross that line. And and if you cross that line, there's going to be a penalty to pay. So what, what you know, I, I, I can hear the minds of the Democrats. Yeah, well, that's what Donald Trump said. Well, I, I was there and heard Donald Trump's every word. No, he never said that. And he said the opposite, as a matter of fact. And I don't care how many people say how many things and how many guards want to say they got beat up and pushed around. You know, I, I mean, we, we can argue that point. And I'm hoping that we will. I'm hoping that, you know, when the when the Republicans take over, the J6 committee <laughs> will continue and, and they'll actually have the proof of what actually happened. I was there. The trap was set. There was no perimeter set. There was nothing to keep people out. As a matter of fact, there was more to encourage people to walk in. But that will all be uncovered or it won't be. We'll see if the Republicans actually do their job. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if the Republicans actually give the other side to that coin and talk about the things that Trump did. But I think that Trump has been so maligned by these Trump haters. Now, why they hate Trump, I don't know. I think, you know, we always talk about cleaning the swamp, about him destroying a system that's been in place for a uh, hundred years, maybe more than that. A system where these politicians get rich. They do. They do. They become very rich. I mean, you know, a, a, a rich man becomes a politician. That's a Trump. And there are others, many of But when somebody becomes a politician and gets elected, and they're not rich, you know, they make a nice living. They have enough money to say, okay, honey, I'm, I'm going to go and run for office. And, um, you know, don't worry about me not working for six months or a year. I'll get elected. And, yeah, I mean, all that stuff. You got to have, you have to have certain economic capabilities to run for office, but you don't have to be rich. Matter of fact, most people aren't. Most of those people are lawyers. <laughs> yeah, once they get in Congress, once they get elected to the state Senate, the state is whatever, they become rainmakers. A rainmaker is someone who brings in a lot of business into their law firm. That's right. So, so, so these lawyers and lobbyists or whatever else they become, once they get elected, they bring in tons of money. So, yeah, we, we, we want to understand how this whole political thing works because that's why they hate Trump. Because he, he destroyed, <laughs> he destroyed their system and, he, and he, he was cleaning the swamp and I mean, all these things. And then they, of course, they accuse him. Oh, he made so much money when he was president. The Trump brand got to be, no, 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 no. It was just the opposite, but that's okay. Let's see if the Republicans make the case. And by the way, Let's see what happens. You know, we, we have two years, before, well, less than two years now before the 24 elections. 2024 is coming fast. So 
we're going to see what happens. And I'm a big supporter. No, I'm not going to hide the fact. I love Donald Trump, what he did for America. Notwithstanding all the things everybody pointed out. His nasty tweets, his bad jokes, his insensitivity. Yeah, I like what he did for America. I like what he did for all those people who he was insensitive about. I like what he did about crime. I like what he did about helping to close down the border to keep all that fentanyl and all those drugs out and all those criminals out and keep the cartels at bay. And, and you know, to put a lid on human trafficking. I mean, I like all that about Donald Trump, okay? Because that's what he did. And he did a lot more than that. He built up pride in America. America first. I believe in America first. Just like people in India believe in India first. People in England believe, okay, people in France. There's Macron at the World Cup. President to the whole country at the World Cup. Rooting for his team. Yeah, they lost Argentina, by the way. But that's French pride. That's saying we want France to win. We want France to be first. What's wrong with that? I want America to win. I want America to be first. That's what Trump wants. And he, he never hesitated to get out there and say it over and over and over again. That's what made us feel good about America. That gave us the pride in the country that we love and believe in. That was founded with all the flaws that we were born with. As humans, we're flawed. As a nation, we're flawed. But we fix those flaws continually. Because we're never perfect, but we always want to be a more perfect union. we That's what we always strive for. Yeah, I want to talk about Christmas. Best Christmas present that we've had in America? Elon Musk buying Netflix. <laughs> $44 billion Christmas present in America. That's how much he spent. And we're getting our freedom back. What's the cost of freedom? It's measured in the lives that have been sacrificed so we can have that freedom of speech, so we can say what we hate and who we hate and all those terrible things that I don't want to say. I don't, I don't want to deal in hate. I don't want to deal in lies. I don't want to deal in those things. I, I, it's not me. Me. I want to talk about the things that I love and appreciate. And what I don't like, I'll talk about. I don't hate. I don't want to hate. I don't want to be filled with that kind of emotion and feelings and thoughts. Those are things that make you less. They don't make you more. It doesn't improve you as a human being. Hate's a, a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to hate. Is it a horrible thing to be hated? I don't know. I mean, there are people out there I'm sure hate me. Well, I'm a Jew. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) I've I've seen it and felt it and experienced it, by the way. So don't don't say that doesn't exist. It does. You know, but hey, Jesus was a Jew. Was he hated? You're damn right he was. It's it's all like it's it's who we are. It's, it's, It's just the way it is. Yeah, get used to it. It's been around for thousands of years. It's it's probably not going to change. Are you prepared for what's coming? You should be. Yeah, because, you know, we've seen it before throughout history. So, you know, when, when we, we talk about, you know, we talk about Christmas, you know, we, we're talking about, I mean, we're, we're talking about the things that have been around for, well, I guess, 2,022 years, because that's where we are, you know, A.D., you know, after the death of Christ. That's our calendar. Now, of course, the Jewish calendar goes to 5,700 and something. I mean, yeah, we've been around a lot longer. And there's history there. It's called it's called the Bible. <laughs> it's called the Bible. You call it the Old Testament. I call it the Bible. 
And so, you know, we were around about almost 3,000 years by the time Jesus was born. Yeah, that's that's just the way it was. Do the math. And it's okay. And so it's kind of interesting because when I think about Christmas, it's, it's always been something important. It was important to my dad coming to New York his parents from Russia. You want to fit in. You know, in Russia, uh, you know, I, I, I got all the stories my grandmother used to tell me. I loved my grandmother. She told me all these stories about growing up in Russia and what it was like. And I mean, it was terrible. And then they come here. My grandfather came here, spent a month or so, looked around, went back to Russia, came back with his family, said, yes, America is everything we've heard it was. Let's go. And they, and they brought him here. They, and they want to fit in. They want to be part of the world. Yeah, they lived in their ghetto, in the Jewish ghetto on the Lower East Side. They wanted to get out, meet people, and do things with people. And so, you know, they, they joined in the celebration of Christmas in America. They didn't do that in Russia. They did it in America. And I remember as a kid in Brooklyn in the 1950s. Yeah, baby. I go back that long. I was right there in the middle of it. Okay? And, and you know, I, I, my friends went to St. Mark's Church uh, over in Sheepshead Bay, Resurrection Church down in, um, uh, you know, down down a, a, along along the waterfront in Brooklyn. Um yeah, it was um, it, it was it was important to us. And what I used to hear from, because I mean, in the building I lived in, in the projects, um, I, I remember I remember they used to say keep Christ in Christmas, and I always wondered about that because it just seemed to me that was the centerpiece of Christmas. But you know, I, I look back on it today, and I I I think about it. And I go, wait a minute, yeah, I remember those days. I I was a little kid. When I heard that, I'm talking about a little kid, five, six, seven years old, and it was the 1950s, and they used to, there used to be signs, keep Christ in Christmas. It was important. There was also a crutch on every corner. I mean, it was. Every place you went, you know, Brooklyn's a city of churches, including synagogues, by the way. I think there was, if there was a church on every block, there was probably a synagogue on every block, a shul, if, 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 you, if you will. <laughs> but but Brooklyn is the city of churches, and when they celebrated Christmas came, you, did it offend me? Why would it offend me? It's not my religion; it's somebody else's. But they're celebrating a Jew. I'm like, wow. What am I gonna do? Say, stop doing that. No, keep it up. Send more gifts. We got presents. We got presents. It was kind of a cool thing, right? So what's wrong with that? I look back and I realize they had to say keep Christ in Christmas and remind people it was starting just the start of the was slow erosion. It wasn't the war on Christmas then. No, it definitely wasn't a war. I don't remember anything until they started telling people they can't put up a crush. I thought it was so nice. My friends in school got kind of like, you know, they were nice for for a week or two or three. There was a crutch to remind them that Jesus Christ, there was a message here, a message that was so important about being kind and nice and, and all the things that love and love thy neighbor, treat others as you would have others treat you, the golden rule, all these things that, that Jesus taught. All these things that Jesus was about, the Sermon on the Mount to what he said when he was on the cross to all the other things. These are things that were just loving and caring and wonderful. That's the message of Christmas. What's wrong with that? 
There's a lot of things. I, I, I look at Hanukkah. Let's talk about that for a minute. Because it, it, all, it was clear to me when I was this little kid. It was clear to me because Hanukkah wasn't this big major. It wasn't Passover. It wasn't Yom Kippur. It wasn't, you know, Rosh Hashanah. It, wasn't, it was Hanukkah. And it was, you know, kind of a celebration. Well, it was because it's not celebrated the same way in Israel. It's it's not this, you know, not, not rooted in the deep religious practices that are handed down. It's a story about a miracle. And it's also a story about a victory. It's the, the, the Maccabees, this great family, you know, that, that led the Israelis in war. And Judah Maccabee, when he defeated the Philistines to take back the temple, which they had lost, they take back the temple. And they went in the temple. And so the first part of it is, by the way, just the miracle of, of beating the Philistines. They're so outnumbered. And, you know, the Philistines had so much more in the way of um, weapons and horses and all, all the things to defeat the Jews. And the Jews had so much less. And yet they defeated the Philippines with strategies and, 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 and different different ways of war that they were able to win. But the miracle, because Jews don't like to celebrate war on any kind. And I get that. I understand that. And I, and I share that feeling, by the way. But the miracle was when they went into the temple, and, and every temple has an eternal light. It's a, it's a metaphor. It symbolizes light, that God is there. There's always a light. Believe in it. And the eternal light is always lit. And there wasn't enough oil to keep it lit for more than a day. And they went out, they had to get oil. Oil was so important. And they that lamp, that eternal light, lasted eight days. When there wasn't enough for one, it lasted eight until they could find enough oil to keep it lit. It's a miracle. And, and so we celebrate a miracle. We celebrate a victory. But Christmas celebrates humanity, celebrates all the good things, the hope, the belief that this Christ child is, you know, was born to save humanity from itself. And and it, it, it it's a it's a deep thing. Yeah, we give gifts of eight. You know, we celebrate the eight days of Hanukkah. But we just did to make us to make the kids feel like, hey, you don't want to feel left out. As Jews, you move into a neighborhood with all Christians. They're all celebrating Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah, but the guys said, you know, Jesus, he was a Jew. Yeah, but we don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> it's very confusing. We sell. Oh, okay. We have our own. Yes. And it's, oh, do we get presents? Yes, we get one each day. Yeah, okay. So that, that, that's, that's, you know, why it was there. But it's interesting that what we celebrate, the practical, you know, <laughs> the, we, we win a victory in war. Okay, we're not going to quote unquote celebrate. It's not, you know, we don't want to do that. Okay, but we celebrate the miracle of the, the oil, this oil that keeps the lamp lit, this lamp that symbolizes belief in God. Okay, we, 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 we celebrate that it lasted eight days when there wasn't enough oil to last a day. <laughs> and, and I think about that and I go, oil. Yeah, and you know, oil is—it's—it's so, it's so timeless. The need for oil. Look at us right now. Humanity is, you know, suffering because people are going to die this winter because they're not going to have enough oil, or they can't afford the oil. 
we're not going to make enough. You know, the Rockefellers, I remember my dad, when he was trying to explain economics to me, he said the Rockefellers made their money selling oil way before they were, you know, cars. And, and, and what he used to say was oil for the lamps of China. It's, a, you know, it's symbolic. It's a metaphor. You know, there's well, more people in China than in place else. Billion people. Now it's what? A billion and a half more. And, and so oil for every, everybody wants to have, everybody needs a lamp. Everybody needs, you know, the light and the warmth. Oil for the lamps of China. Think about it. <laughs> it's, always, it's always about oil. That's that. That's the metaphor. When will oil become a metaphor? You know, we're always going to need energy. So one day, humans will. You know, when would they have? Right now, we're talking about the next thing: nuclear fusion. Go figure. Okay. Would just when I get an electric car, they come up with nuclear. The electric car is going to be obsolete. By the way, it should be obsolete. It's a terrible thing. It's a bad idea. There's so much wrong with it. Does it drive great? Of course it drives. Fantastic. Better than any muscle car I ever had. I swear to God. But, you know, you still got to charge it. You don't just go up to the pump and 10 minutes later you take off and you're ready to drive another 400 miles. It doesn't work that way. So it's not going to get fixed anytime soon. We are not going to have a grid that's going to be big enough, strong enough, have enough power to, you know, to. You know, it's not going to happen. Not, not for a while. Maybe not in my lifetime. So nuclear fusion is coming it's here we have it now we've got to make it available for everybody maybe it'll take another you know decade a generation even maybe it's nothing it's boom nothing here boom done there it is okay 15 years 20 years done great it's all different so the word oil will become a metaphor overall but you know it's just interesting that that we we celebrate the oil that kept the land I think that was thousands, thousands of years ago. Think about it. The Maccabees, the Philistines, the, the wars that we had to go through and fight, the, the, the defeats that we had, the horrible things that we've gone through as Jews. And then we celebrate something as simple as a lamp that lasts for eight days when it only had enough oil for one. I mean, I love that. I, I, I love that. And, and I think it's, it's important that even if you know don't don't let it bother you when i say that it, it was only you know we only built up hanukkah to offset the fact that these other kids had christmas that's the way it was especially in new york you know and so but if if christmas gave us the impetus to celebrate hanukkah that's good because i like hanukkah i think it's a damn good holiday i personally like the maccabees <laughs> what they were capable of but they also like celebrating miracles that's why i love celebrating the miracle of of Mount Soledad, and it's it's still there. So Christmas is coming. There's a lot to be celebrating. Um, I had a great weekend last weekend. I don't know. I didn't talk about. I don't get to talk about riding as much as I'd like to. Is and 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 I don't. Talk, I don't get to talk about Christmas as much as I, Christmas is so important. It really is. And. I, I think I've said this before. I think I say it more at Easter time because I think understanding the importance of Jesus Christ to humanity is a big deal. But it's it's bigger. Easter's coming. It's it's right down the road. You know, here we are. It's December, January, February, boom, March. That's it. And we're there. So 
when that time because I'll, I'll I'll be talking more about it. But the, the you know that great feeling of giving thanks and giving gifts and 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 appreciating the the humanity of us. You know the love. The it, it's it's a huge thing. And I always talk about it, and I'll talk about it a lot more at Easter time that the crucifixion that was a method of of torture and death and how the Romans controlled the Roman Empire by crucifying all the people in all these towns and villages and places that that they had conquered and controlled the over 500 years of of the Roman Roman Empire and that's how and if anybody saw a cross a cross was the, the means of crucifixion which was the means that the Romans used to control their empire and it was a, a, a sign of horror and when you think about this you know here's the cross the crucifixion the pain the suffering the, the agony agony of being on the cross being crucified dying over a period of days I mean I, I don't want to go through the whole thing I, maybe I will on Easter but it's, it's so such a, it's a horrifying thing to even talk about let alone think about and then Jesus is crucified and from that moment right from that moment that cross started becoming a symbol of love a symbol of hope and, and all these things that we talk about that I just talked about for Christmas and that's a miracle that's an amazing an amazing miracle I don't know how to describe it other than that so it's it's important to talk about that it's important to talk about how the, the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of giving you know we embrace children and we give them gifts and presents and give it to friends and family we go these are these are wonderful human characteristics these are things that make us better yeah it's love it's the opposite of hate now, you can't outlaw hate it's just not the free country you can't but you can overcome it you can overcome it with these kind of things the celebration of Christmas that's that's how you do it you don't do it by making a law you don't do it by outlawing any form of speech you just don't not if you want to have a free country you do it by encouraging the celebration of Christmas put up those crutches put them up on every corner put them up outside every church in every neighborhood Christmas trees what a wonderful gesture what a wonderful thing I know where I live here I go down the street and I see these homes Petrina and I walk our dogs and we like to walk our dogs at night sometimes and go up and down the street and we go up and down the street this time of the year and we see one house after the other it just it's beautiful it's decorated with with love it's not like you know the halloween thing well scary and this and that. i don't know. i mean yeah it's, people want to spend a lot of money do all that that's their business i'm not going to stop but for christmas what they do for christmas santa claus on the roof I mean, everything and of course this christmas as in as every christmas for the last 10 years petrina and i celebrate our wedding anniversary yep we got married on christmas day i don't know why i chose i, I did i i love christmas i i do i mean was there something wrong with that because i'm jewish and i love i think it's a great holiday i think it's a wonderful holiday i hope i expressed that over the last you know <laughs> 45 whatever i mean and i and i do and i love Katrina and i wanted to get married and we we did and it was on christmas day and i don't think i had any ulterior motives to choose christmas day it's just a day i just i just love
love Christmas Day. Yeah, and I don't want to forget my anniversary. So this is our 10th year. And Petrina, I love you. And I, I am so thrilled that we're going to be married for at least another 10 years. I promise. I'll still be here. I will. I will. <laughs> That's just, maybe it's just a metaphor. I don't know. But it's if it's a metaphor, it's a metaphor for what I want. At least another 10 years of loving you, baby. All right. That's it. What more can I say for my Christmas message? Everybody have a wonderful Christmas. I don't care what religion you are. This, If you're a human being, you should celebrate the fact that Christianity changed changed this planet. And, and by the way, anyway, I, I don't, it, it has brought some of the most wonderful things to, to humanity. And we should all be grateful for that. I know I am. And I'm grateful because my 10th anniversary, our 10th anniversary. I love you, baby. Merry Christmas. Happy anniversary. And I am out. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling.